This is episode 178 and I'm talking to Augie Johnson all about YouTube. Welcome to the Content Queen podcast. I'm your host, Mariah, entrepreneur, storyteller, and the founder of Content Queen and a travelers.co. I'm here to share you how to share your unique story, create content and market your business with strategy through the channels that work for you. Each week, I'll deliver a story to help you connect to a powerful strategy around marketing, business, and content creation. I'll also be joined by amazing souls and entrepreneurs who are here to share their own journey along with actual steps to help you take your business to a whole new level through amazing storytelling, powerful aligned marketing, and content strategy. Let's do it. Hello, gang. Hope you're having a great week so far. As you listen to this live, we've touched down in Europe. We're officially on a new time zone. And yeah, who knows what, what's going on. I'm currently recording this before we've left, as you probably have guessed. But uh, yeah, very excited to be heading off to a country, a new country. And it's, it's so interesting because like my whole digital nomad journey was meant to start in Europe in 2020. It's just, just three years late, but that's fine. Better late than never. But we're talking YouTube. Interesting platform. One that I imagine a lot of people have love-hate relationships with, let's be fair. Um, but it's always interesting to get someone to come on, give us a fresh set of eyes on YouTube and really, um, yeah, just break it down. There's just so many things that have happened with YouTube. You know, we've got YouTube shorts now. You can do like YouTube podcasts. So it's definitely never going anywhere. It's just obviously one of those channels that it is being around for so long that there is a lot of content on there. So, you know, just trying to find your own unique edge is so valuable. And Augie, our guest today, has some pretty interesting experience with YouTube. And by interesting, I mean great success on YouTube and was a YouTuber. So now it's great to have him come on and share like his experience, his personal journey, and then also how he now helps YouTubers. If you are a business owner, and you're running your own business, and you've decided that content marketing is your core business strategy, then, and you love video, then maybe YouTube's something you want to give a go. Um, I'm all for long form channels because obviously when someone sees a video on TikTok or on Instagram, it could just be a short snippet. Whereas a long form channel like YouTube, a blog podcast, obviously, you know, it's putting people in our space for a lot longer. So Augie Johnston is a 36-year-old ex-YouTuber, former professional basketball player turned entrepreneur. He's currently making waves in the video editing industry as a result of his promising startup called VidChops. VidChops, the brainchild of Augie, assists video creators, influencers, and digital marketers to carry out the hard work of editing their videos, which is very hard. (laughs) This allows them to focus more on the content side of their productions to therefore help them create more video and better videos for their channels or brand. Augie works with full-time YouTubers, online personalities, thought leaders, and everyone that creates online videos for their business. So let's dive in and chitty chat with Augie. Welcome, Augie, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you just share a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me. Um, 
I run a video editing service called VidChops. Uh, and we basically edit for YouTubers. So we try to help them kind of take that that task off their hands. And uh, yeah, we edit for a whole bunch of them. Been doing it for a little bit now and it's fun. Awesome. And I love sharing stories. And it sounds like you've got a really interesting story about how you started in business and where you are today. So can you share your your origin story and how you got to here where you are right now? Yeah. So uh, it kind of all started back uh, a little bit after college. So when I graduated college, uh, I was looking to move to Europe. I wanted to continue playing basketball. So I played basketball at a small college and wanted to continue playing. And a lot of people, they end up going to Europe. So uh, I was able to do that. And I, and I got over there and I wasn't making a lot of money. I guess you could call it semi-professionally. I was pretty broke still, a little bit like being a uh, kind of in college on scholarship, kind of the same thing. Uh, and so I wanted to make money online. You know, I thought, Hey, I can't really get a job over here. Don't really have that kind of work visa getting paid a little bit to play basketball. I want to continue to play basketball as long as I can, but I need to make some money. So, uh, I searched online how to make money online. And that kind of was the first starting point for me that the rabbit hole that I started to go down. Um, so, you know, I was living in Germany at the time and TV was in German, so I couldn't really watch TV. So this is back in 2009, 2010. So I was watching a lot of YouTube. I was trying to learn how to make money online. Uh, I tried a lot of different things, but eventually um, I landed on the idea of uh, creating an online business to sell digital products and use YouTube to grow an audience and then sell my digital products to my audience. And that's what I did. I grew a basketball training YouTube channel to about 200,000 subscribers created like 10 different products, had a little online business going there. Uh, and that's when uh, I realized the pain point of video editing and I launched VidChops. So there's the kind of the whole story. Oh my gosh, I love it. Isn't it crazy how we end up where we are, like going on this journey? And generally it's always one of our pain points is where we started our own startups or dreams. So I actually absolutely love that. And as a traveler, I'm going to Europe in 10 days. So Love that you wow. lived that Europe life and um, it's awesome. So we are going to talk about video content, YouTube, and your startup, VidChops. This sounds amazing. So can you share more about that uh, journey on YouTube and growing to 200,000 followers and what is VidChops all about? Obviously, you've touched on it a little bit, but I'm keen to learn more about what you offer. Yeah. So, you know, back in the day when I was starting my channel, it was a little bit different on YouTube than it is now. Not, definitely less crowded. Um, although there is still tons of opportunity on YouTube, but, um, you know, as far as creating basketball training content, there's probably like, you know, 10 people that maybe at the most that I saw doing it, probably even less. So the landscape was different. Um, but Still kind of the same fundamentals of the YouTube game stood the same as far as just making good videos that people want to watch. And that's kind of the name of the game these days as well is, is creating videos that people will watch all the way through um, and that people want to actually click on. So those are kind of two, two factors there. A video that someone wants to click on, it's called click-through rate in the digital marketing world. Uh, and that you know has a few different factors. The first factor would be the topic the title, and then the thumbnail image. Those are the three main factors to get somebody to click on your video. Uh, and then just keeping that that retention, that viewer watch time, keeping people watching, maybe even binge watching your content. That's kind of the way to make it on YouTube. And uh, back then it was a little bit different. Like I said, uh, not as much emphasis on click-through rate and 
there was these other metrics like view velocity and things like that, which are kind of a rabbit hole in themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just for me, steady growth. I never really blew up to make 50 million views in a month. But like I said, I did have the back end business and was really fully monetizing my audience um, and just my my online uh, authority basically from day one because I was really interested in that whole online business um, world. And and you also had a topic you're passionate about, right? Like basketball. Obviously, you went over to Europe to play basketball, and I think we have to really love what we do when we're sharing content online because we have to talk about it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, at the time too, it wasn't only about uh, starting an online business. Like I wanted to be a basketball trainer, you know, mm -hmm. so whatever your passion is, if you want to turn that into a full-time job, uh, creating online videos is a great way to do it because it, it does make you into an authority if you're able to gain a little bit of a following and it doesn't have to be a massive following, but any kind of following really uh, does help you kind of uh, become uh, an authority or a thought leader in that space. So it worked for me. I mean, I wasn't a big famous NBA trainer, but I was getting flown out to other countries to train players, run camps, other states and stuff like that. Like I said, it wasn't big time, but it was, um, you know, I was making money as a trainer. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, it's so cool to be able to post something online and be able to have that opportunity. So that's amazing. And really, um, what it is all about is, yeah, finding that thing that you love talking about. And you mentioned the three things on YouTube that you sort of need to look at with the thumbnail and the title. Can you dive into that a little bit more and share with us? Because I know lots of people um, want to be, quote unquote, good on YouTube. And I think some of those little tricks and tips help people get started because I know lots of people really, really love video. I have a lot of clients that are like, I love creating videos, but I guess there's always little tips and tricks that help. Yeah. So kind of the main factors are average percentage viewed. So if you have a 10 minute video and people are watching four minutes, then that would be 40%, um, you know, of, of the average watch time. Um, and then the other one would be average view duration. So how long is that average view? So if it's a 20 minute video and you have, let's say 50%, uh, um, average percentage viewed, then you would have what I said, 20 minute video, 10 minutes, um, mm -hmm. average view duration. So those two factors are really important ones. And then the third factor is the click-through rate, like I mentioned. So, you know, it's it, back in the day, it was, it was more about ranking on search, right? YouTube is the second largest search engine and people go there to find solutions to their problems. And it's another great reason that people should market on YouTube is because you know, you can literally jump in front of somebody in their moment of pain when they're looking for the solution. It can be you. And not only can it be you, but you can also build a pretty good relationship with them through video because you can speak to them one-on-one, -on -one, you can warm them up. Uh, and then the great thing about video too, is you can ask them to do what you want them to do. You can say, Hey, click the link. So, um, search is definitely a, a benefit of YouTube, but at the same time, that's not really the name of the game these days not what most people are preaching, how you should really grow on YouTube, because really you should just look at those three factors that I mentioned. And like I said, the click-through rate means that you're not necessarily trying to uh, create a video, um, how to do your taxes, right? That could be, that could be a good search term that you, you know, back in the day, you might be the main strategy. Now it's more about creating the video, um, how I save $10,000 on my taxes, right? Mm -hmm. So that topic right there, just switching it to that now helps you a lot with the click-through rate, 
right? Now there's a lot of curiosity when that pops up on my feed. It's not like, oh, someone's going to teach me how to do taxes. They're going to show me, you know, how do they save $10,000? So that's why we talk about the topic, right? So you need a good topic as the first factor of click-through rate. The next is the thumbnail. So your graphic, right? You need to create a graphic like all the other ones you see on YouTube with the big faces, the expressions, for whatever reason, those just catch the eye of humans. I think it's a human thing, right? Like we, you want to see a face. Um, and then just other ways to create curiosity in your, in your graphic there. It's, it's kind of the name of the game as far as digital marketing to get people to click is to cu- create curiosity. So, um, and then the title, like I said, is kind of similar to the topic, create that curiosity. Um, and then, yeah, the other, the other two I mentioned are just basically about, you know, creating good videos that keep people watching with a hook at the beginning always helps you with your average view duration. Um, and then just keeping the viewer engaged using, you know, people have a, a ton of different strategies, but basically just create a good video. Mm. And it's so interesting, isn't it? How we, that sort of example of how I save $10,000, like it's a story of someone as well. And I imagine YouTube is now really big, you know, on storytelling. And, and I did a, a short form video and we'll go into short form. Cause I'm keen to know what you think about like YouTube shorts and everything, but, um, we created a video on TikTok and I was like, why did that one do so well? It's because we told a story. We had the beginning, we had the journey and we had the outcome at the end. Are you noticing similar things on YouTube with storytelling and sort of capturing people's attention with that story, taking them on that journey? Yeah, totally. I think that's a huge strategy. And I've had a very similar experience with a short, or I guess it was an Instagram reel mm. that on an account that had like 50 followers got like over 30,000 views. And it was also a story. And so I do think that if you are interested in creating online videos and maybe you want to start with shorts because they're easy, definitely a story is the way to go. Um, I constantly am think trying to think of stories for my own kind of content to create um, because they're just captivating. They keep your attention and, um, you know, they're creative, I think too. Yeah. And you can find, you know, it's funny how you can build stories out of like really small and simple things. And it's all about, yeah, how you share it and and what you, what journey you take people on. And so with YouTube shorts, um, obviously it's something relatively new to YouTube. Um, can you first just take people through what YouTube shorts is? If we've got people like, I don't know, what's the difference? And how can we start utilizing YouTube shorts? Would you pair it with long form video? Have you got like a strategy that you utilize with clients to optimize, you know, as much of the YouTube realm as we can? Yeah. So shorts are uh, basically vertical videos, nine by 16 that are under 60 seconds on YouTube. Uh, Every platform kind of has their rules on the length, but uh, under 60 seconds on YouTube and if you look at your phone or if you look on a desktop computer on YouTube, there's actually a separate tab now for shorts, which is great because when they first came out, they was a mess. They were all kind of commingled. Um, as far as a strategy and as far as just kind of my thoughts on shorts, I don't, I like shorts, but I do think of shorts as like brand awareness for your company, mm-hmm. not so much direct marketing for your company. Cause like I said earlier, right, in these long form videos, you're going to warm them up. You're going to deliver value. And then you're going to have a call to action and ask them to click a link. And with a long form video, you can put a link anywhere. You can put a link, you can put 20 links in the description. You could put a link in the comment. You could put a link in your end card at the very end of your video. That's literally clickable on the screen on mobile or on your desktop. 
Um, and you can put links in, I don't know, all over the place, right? On your banner and your channel. So that's like direct marketing, right? You warm them up, you call them, click the link, you hopefully they go over there and buy or enter their email and, and something like that. But with shorts, it's a little bit different because <clears throat> it's not like they're sitting there ready to watch a five minute video on their phone or their desktop. You know, their phone, if their phone is sideways, they're probably going to watch a lot longer than if it's vertical, right? If it's vertical, they're just in this swipe mode. It's almost like running ads on Facebook, right? People are like kind of in this swipe mode. It's a news feed. They're going to look at it. They might be interested, but, you know, writing, putting an ad on Google where someone's searching, you know, how to, or like, I want to buy a car and you put an ad there, like that's direct marketing. You're not just, you know, swiping through. So the good news is that people will watch your shorts and then click over to your channel and watch more videos and even hit subscribe um, at an okay rate. I mean, it's not great, but it will happen. So there's, there's that and that's great, but you can't really put a link in a short. Um, you don't really get that much, that great of a caption or anything like that. So as far as strategy goes, I, I'm a huge fan of a video podcast repurposed into shorts, into vertical shorts, as everyone sees all over the place super easy to do that. And you can get so many shorts from one podcast that mm -hmm. um, it's just kind of a, a no brainer. And then also repurposing your long form YouTube videos is great. But if you really want to get the most bang for your buck, I think with shorts is you should probably create original content. That's what Mr. Beast does. He's creating original shorts. He's not just repurposing. So normally, you know, do as Mr. Beast does when it comes to YouTube and, you, and you'll probably be doing the best practice practices but um yeah that's kind of all my thoughts on shorts yeah no it's super interesting and it makes total sense it's the same as instagram right when people on reels um you know they have to still go to your profile to then click on a link or anything but with a youtube video all the links everything is in the description so people want to do more you've got to really capture captivate someone to get them to take that next action whereas with a youtube video they're already there looking for it so i really love that and i think um it's really interesting to see it as this like brand awareness tool. And now YouTube has like um podcast feature on it, right? I saw that recently. They've now launched YouTube podcasts. It sounds very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. I think as far as there's now their, their own tab, <clears throat> their own tab. And, you know, it's, I think YouTube is going to start putting a lot more emphasis on, on podcasts. And I, I think we're already starting to see it because, uh, you know, before they entered that, it was like long form podcasts on YouTube didn't really do that well. Mm. It was hard to, you know, it was really hard to find a 60 minute, people were not watching at least 60 minute podcasts on YouTube, but now they are because they integrated it so well and it's just becoming more and more popular. So yeah, I think it's a, uh, if you do have a video podcast, they definitely put it on there. Yeah. It's super interesting because um, I know one guy from, he's in Australia now and he started filming. I think you actually have to have sort of visual element. You can't just put your podcast on as an audio with like your cover image. Mm. I feel like that doesn't translate yeah, I don't well. I know about that one. <laughs> Especially because with YouTube, you get out of it, you can't keep listening, right? So if you were listening to a podcast on YouTube you and you got out of the app, you lose, like this, it just stops. So, right. Um, but it's so interesting, I think, with uh, YouTube, there is definitely, and maybe what you recommend as well is it's, it is a long-term strategy a long-term game so like what do you share with people that are doing youtube like keep going because i know sometimes it can be um one of those platforms you really have to spend a lot of time learning it and you know putting things out there especially now that it is 
there's so many videos on that platform. So what advice do you give on the mindset side of things? Because I know people go in all guns blazing. I had a YouTube channel when I used to do weekly vlogs. I have, I will admit, I have given up on it um, mainly because I had to go down, I went down a different path. But yeah, do you have any tips for people that are currently on it now to keep going and keep using it? Yeah, I would say uh, just can, like the best advice I have is like just get 1% better with every video. I think that's really like kind of a holistic way to look at it, but I think it's the only sustainable way because I feel like if you do continue to improve and, and make better videos, whether it's your camera or your camera presence or your audio or your scripts or your hooks or your titles or so much stuff, thumbnails, if you could just continue to improve in all those elements, I think it'll lift the ship up, but also too, just looking at your analytics, you know, in a more technical sense and seeing like, Oh, look, every single time I, I start to say, you know, my name is Augie Johnson. I'm this, 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 and this is what I did. And blah, blah, blah. like, that's the drop off. Then you need to probably cut that out. And that's another change in YouTube is that, you know, nowadays when a video starts, it's like, in the past 10 days, I filled up 500 water bottles and did it like it's straight to it. It's not like, what's up guys, welcome back to my yeah. channel. You know, like that's how it used to be. And that's how I used to be too, you know, with my videos. Um, so just, you know, looking at your analytics and, and realizing like, okay, I need to maybe change this, change that. Um, and just continue to learn the game and be a student of the game because it's just, it is hard. And I've given, I mean, I've given up too. like my basketball training channel. I don't upload it there anymore. I'm just, you know, I guess you can call it burning out or giving up or just moving on. But, um, it's, it's, it's not easy, but you got to find other intrinsic ways to enjoy it and, and have fun with it. Otherwise it's just, I don't know. It could be, it could be just depressing or challenging, you know? Yeah, but it's like with any hobby, right? Sports, the same thing. I imagine there's times when you were playing basketball where you were super burnt out and you needed a break. And, you know, there's TikTokers as well that have time off. And I think that's okay. And you can redirect and redivert. But this is the thing with content creation, especially when we grow our business. If we decide to go down the content creation path as a major marketing strategy, you really have to enjoy the process. Like you do have to really love creating content because otherwise, as you say, it can't, you can burn out. And, and, I create content for lots of different businesses. Of course, I have moments where I'm not super creative. I think you just have to, as you say, learn, um, just learn from the numbers as well, because it is, it's, it is, it comes a hobby as well, as much as a job, right? You, you start to want to become better at it. And I love that. I think that's amazing advice because at the same time, we're always seeing other people and if they, you know, quote unquote, go viral and all these things, it doesn't necessarily mean that their business has grown either. And I think that's important to remember too. So thank you for that. Now I want to go down before we wrap up, like the video editing side of things. That's obviously what you have learned to become good at and, and build a business around it. So how can we make video editing easier? Obviously outsourcing is one of them, but um, how, what things have you learned along the journey to make this video editing process easier? Because I'm going to put my hand up right now. I don't like video editing. And my yeah. partner's he's editing videos right now as we speak. And like wow. that's his thing. I do not like it at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not for everybody. Some people love it actually. I yeah. I see, you know, comments and stuff all the time on our stuff, like well, because you know, so we we say, hey, you know, we can take it, take the burden of editing. They're like, what are you talking about? I love editing, but 
for me, it was definitely a challenge, especially when I would create like an online course uh, for my basketball business that had like 50 videos, you know, and I'm just like, whoa, overwhelmed. Uh, but, you know, some some of the tricks, like what I would recommend is if you're creating YouTube content that you just embrace the jump cut. If you don't know what a jump cut is, it's like the it's was considered like cringe and stuff before YouTube and like a definite never do like in the filmmaking sense kind of thing. But it's just when someone's talking and you're cutting out all the dead space, yeah. um, I would definitely recommend that you do that because it helps a lot in the scripting part too. Like what, kind of what you want to do is you want to have like, you know, maybe some bullet points or maybe even a paragraph, but you need to look down at your paper and look what you're about to say. Then you look up and you say it. And then you look back down and then you read it again, you know, and so you have to go in there and jump cut it out um, to make it seem smooth. But that's an easier way to create a video than trying to, I guess, just, you know, I don't know. A lot of people try to like one take it or something like that. And it's just not going to happen. So, yeah, definitely. I, I would I would say jump cutting is, is a major key. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of nowadays templates and stuff. And and even AI is starting to, you know, show up in the video editing space. So that's definitely something we, we pay attention to. Um, and there's different AI apps that will just jump cut an entire thing for you automatically, you know, um, to remove all those dead spaces. So those kind of tools are, are definitely helpful and they're popping up everywhere. Yeah. I, I know what you mean with the jump cut, you know, there's this thing and I mean, I feel like you understand it's called the millennial pause. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't, but enlighten so, me, please. Yeah, so the Snapchat days, I'm not sure if you use much of Snapchat. It was huge mm -hmm. when I was uh, in my early 20s and teens. And when you'd start a video on Snapchat, there was that delay. So you almost had to not say anything until you re remember, like, realized it was a recording. So mm. as a millennial, that's what I grew up with, like that sort of delay in video recording. So what's happening is a lot of millennials on TikTok or recording videos will have that delay before they start speaking. And it's like, and it's so true because even, because I will try and do my own jump cutting, I guess. Like when I film a reel, I'll film one bit, stop, then film another bit, stop. But I always yeah. have to go back through and like edit my little millennial pause because I, yeah. no matter how hard I've tried, I can't. It's, it's just embedded in me now. And once you, now I've, I've brought your attention to it. You will, you'll know millennials from social media now because you'll see them <laughs> at the start. Um I think That's jump funny. cutting is a great one because it does like cap like get that engagement going and there's you know no real break and it also like you can shave some time off right your video like you yeah. can edit bits and pieces. So what about you know on YouTube there's lots of like elements that you can put on your videos. Is that still something I remember I had someone come on a few years ago and talked about like having something on the screen every like 30 seconds. Is this still a thing now or are we do we not overcomplicate the video editing process anymore? Or is it still sort of a bit of both? Like I know sometimes we people can upload videos that are just, you know, a little bit of editing and they seem to perform well, but then there's people that do a lot and it's, you know, same. So I, I guess that also depends on the audience too, right? Yeah, it totally depends on the type of content. Some people, for whatever reason, don't need any editing. It's kind of just the words that are coming out of their mouth that are keeping people engaged and watching. And then other people are, are like totally fully edited with, you know, the stuff you're talking about would be like, you know, animated text on the screen and stuff. And, you know, I think it is good to do that for best practices and it just makes the videos look better and having little subscribe now pop-ups and all that kind of stuff, motion graphics. I'm all for that. Um, but kind of the, what you're seeing now and kind of the best practices now is 
just to make sure that the first 30 seconds or minute is a little bit more heavily edited than the rest of the video, because there's just so much weight that's put on the hook at the beginning of a video to keep the people watching. So it's like, it's worth to do the extra work up front just to try to keep them engaged for that first minute. Um, you know, it's a big difference between keeping 30 people, 30% of the people watching after one minute compared to like 70%, right? Like that's a huge difference. That's going to give your video a way better chance to get recommended by the algorithm. Mm, yeah, that, that's a That's a good call. Um, I love that. And then, so with sort of averages on YouTube, what would we be looking at? Like um, I know, cause I know this happens a lot and maybe it happens the same when you're helping people with videos. It's like, for example, open rates on emails. They're like, well, why is my email like, should it be at like 60%? It's like, well, the average is actually like 15 to 25. And then you're like, oh, I thought it should be at like 50%. Is that the same with YouTube? There's like averages. We, we think it should like our watch rate should be at 70, but it really like if you're, you're over 50, you're doing well. Like, is that sort of the same thing with YouTube? And I think it's an expectation thing, right? You probably find that people expect it to be higher than what it, what the average or considered good is. Yeah. I mean, it, it does all depend on the length of your video, the, in, the niche you're in, all that kind of stuff. But um, my friend and I who talk YouTube a lot, both kind of agree that it's around somewhere around 40 to 50% mm-hmm. um, average view is, is, is going to give your video a good chance. So if you can get to that 50% mark, that's pretty good. If you're talking about a 10 minute video, that'd be five minutes. And that's, that's, that would probably give your video a good chance to get some suggested views and stuff like that. Yeah. That's good to know. Cause like, and then you're not so deflated when not everyone watches to the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's super rare. And that's, you know, that there's a discussion right there, like about your call to action. It's like, how many people are actually seeing that? But, uh, you know, if you build a subscriber, chances are that eventually they'll watch enough of your videos where they'll see it. You know, I can think about my own viewing habits, you know, I might not watch some, some new YouTuber that I really like. I might not watch his first video to the end all the way or whatever, but if I continue to watch him, eventually I will, you know, multiple times. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And also I noticed like a lot of YouTubers use TikTok as well, I guess, to get and I have been so like I've been hook line and sinkered in that. I remember this one woman, not I don't even think she's she wasn't a content creator. She just like had a story to share about how her best friend's husband was at the hospital with a woman that was pregnant. She's like, check my YouTube for the full video. I'm like, I need to know what happened here. Like, well, how did she <laughs> front this? And like, I think a lot of YouTubers are doing the same, right? They're they're using TikTok as like a way to get people to a long form video. Because I always say, you know, with YouTube, uh, TikTok or Instagram, it's only like you know, well, TikTok now is up to 10 minutes, but you would prefer someone go to a long form channel like a YouTube and watch a 20 minute video versus a 60 second reel because they're way more engaged, right? So that's the beauty of these long form channels like YouTube and podcasting and blogging because Mm -hmm. people are in your space for a lot longer too. And um, being able to use a short form to get people into a long form, I think I'm seeing YouTubers do it on TikTok and it's like, I've been hooked. I've been on the YouTube looking at their videos. So I think people need to remember that too. Like, how do you get people to those channels as well to consume the content? Yeah. And also I think the algorithms on those other places like TikTok and stuff are like way more forgiving. Mm. So like you could probably a lot, maybe a lot easier grow a following. I mean, especially like a year ago on TikTok than maybe on YouTube shorts. I don't know, but that's a good thing about vertical video in general. It seems like all the platforms 
you can get views, you know, that's for sure. You can have a small, small following and still get a thousand views on a video. But like I said, they're just not as powerful of views, but it mm. is, they are seeing your face and they are consuming that little bit of content. And, and some people will click over from TikTok, like you said. So I think there is value there. Um, just, yeah, just maybe not. I'm just, I would personally prefer to create shorts on YouTube. Although if you're going to create a vertical video, you might as well post it on TikTok too. But mm. I'm just a firm believer in in YouTube myself. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And of course you've had, like, you've seen it work for yourself and, you know, and I think that's the power of finding channels that you love as well. Like I'm really big on that. I know there's some people that just use video in very different ways because it's not their favorite type of content creation and that's why you have to really enjoy it so before we wrap up is there any other video content creation tips that you would like to share or you know any last parting words for people that are you know really keen on youtube but i know you gave us some a pep talk before but anything that you'd like to add and and also please share and i'll get you to share more about what you do but share how your business can help because i know like there's so many people that really hate video editing like i can't believe people say they love it yeah, it's, some people are there. They like that uh, creative side of it. That's yeah. for sure. But um, I guess the only last piece of advice I would have would be that, you know, the only thing we didn't talk about was camera presence. And and mm -hmm. so that's kind of the last missing piece. And for someone that says, okay, I understand how to make it. Make sure you understand that you do have to be an online personality for at least 10 minutes while you're recording and, and deliver the content in kind of an engaging way. But um. But yeah, I mean, if you guys want to learn more about VidChops, uh, you can head over to VidChops.com. That's the video editing service. And then uh, I mostly am active on Instagram, mostly uh, at, at Augie Johnston. Yeah, amazing. And we'll put your your links in the show notes for everyone to check you out. But thank you for sharing you. some more updated things on YouTube. Like my, myself, I'm not in the YouTube realm. So it's always nice to get someone to come on and share their expertise. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always refreshing to have someone come on and chat about different channels other than social media, but also how we can utilize social media, you know, to, to capitalize these channels and make waves. But I think, yeah, you know, it's so true with what has been coming up lately as well as I've been in interviewing amazing entrepreneurs to kind of get a bank of content as I travel to Europe. And one of the things is like, yeah, you really do have to be passionate about what you're doing and also the content creation journey. If it's not for you and you're, you're sort of just trying to find your way, um, it's always good to have a think about how content marketing does work in your business. Maybe it's not the core strategy. Maybe it's just to assist and help you and, and maybe it's the outsourcing part of that so that you can do other things and focus on other strategies. Like obviously we want to have a social media presence or, you know, we, we may need to in our business, but it doesn't mean, you know, that it can't be outsourced or, yeah, get help with it because content creation is, can, well, it, it not can be, it is a frustrating process and journey is because it's definitely not linear and uh, we just need to, you know, utilize it as best as we can. But maybe YouTube is your thing and you want to give it a go. And maybe Augie has got you motivated and inspired to get started, to get creating. YouTube's one of those interesting ones. I love the idea of being a YouTuber. Um, just the video editing, just it's painful um, for me. I don't love it. But that's why we have people like Augie and his company to help us. But be a content queen, Augie. 
And remember that developing your strategy and story develops your business. Thank you so much for joining me today. And please don't forget to share this with all your business and entrepreneurial friends. You can do this by adding it to your Insta stories and tagging me at Content Queen Mariah or simply tell them about it. If you take five seconds to rate and review, five stars on Spotify or five stars on Apple and a little cheeky review, it helps me get this podcast out there, share people's journeys like Augie's, get his name out there as well because you know we're all doing great things and it's just amazing to support each other. Helps me bring on more guests onto this show and, and develop the content. So make sure if you've been a long time listener, long time fan, you give it a bit of a rate and review. Follow me on Instagram, connect with me on TikTok, follow the travels and let me know if you want to hear any topics in the future. Post August, because they're already planned out. I'll be more than happy to record those or find someone to help us answer any questions you have. Bye.